Let's talk about Gladiator. Let's talk about Gladiator. Gladiator. Celebrating its 20th anniversary. Seminal classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel really old to know this is 20 years because I remember the exact group of people I was with at the theater when I watched it. Uh, Ninja Turtles and Batman were the ones that made me feel the oldest. Yeah, okay, those those are old and they make me feel old, but they ah, this doesn't feel old. So to know that it, it doesn't feel old, but it's 20 years old. Like Turtles okay, yeah, and I get, Batman, I get what you're saying. Turtles and Batman feel like older movies now. Like Gladiator doesn't feel that old, but it's 20 No, years you're old. right. You're right actually. I got to no? say it is uh Did this kick off that whole like um Roman Greek epic? phase that was uh, everywhere for a while yes yeah i think it did yeah i think so too i think it was like this one and then everything was like some sort of a period piece well i mean this made like almost 500 million worldwide oh i'm not knocking like, this for starting it i'm just saying like like yeah but i mean like any other phases happen any little flash of cash and 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 hollywood's just like whoa let's get on that that's true. That's true. White dudes in leotards and, and hardly any clothing. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not a bad recipe for, you know, yeah. for success. It Although, is. Um, one of the things I, I actually, I'll save this for a little bit later, but uh, I, I was looking through Ridley Scott and I was like, man, I forgot, I forgot half the movies this guy's made. And I'm looking through the list and I'm just like, I've seen most of them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, I, I, I had no idea he did Legend. I literally was like, what? He did Legend? Oh, so of course I got to rewatch that one. Maybe I'll watch that one before Dick Tracy. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. I love that movie. I can't remember the last time I've seen it, but I was like, I don't Tim, remember not liking it. Tim Curry as the darkness is horrifying. What's more horrifying, Tim Curry as the darkness or Tim Curry as Pennywise? Uh, probably the darkness. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with the darkness. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Gladiator came out in summer 2000, which to this day, I still consider one of my favorite summers at the movies ever. 2000 was a good year for movies. Yeah. It was one of my absolute favorites. It was... It was following up 99 with The Matrix. We had, we had uh, well, we had Mission Impossible 2, which we know how you feel about. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a movie. It's a movie. But and X-Men, of, X-Men came out in the summer of 2000. One of my favorite franchises, right? Uh, yep. It's part of that. Uh, yeah, you're right. X-Men. X-Men. It, it was a great summer. Great summer. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Which also stars uh, Spencer Tree Clark. Yeah, yeah. I, when I rewatched this uh, the first time around, I was like, yeah. "What the fuck is that, Spencer Tree?" And then I was like, yeah. "What? What ordered? Was this the same? Like, what came?" From? And then of course I looked, and I'm like, "Oh, it's the same year. He had a yeah. he had a good year. He had a very good year." And and it's funny because like when I watched Unbreakable originally in 2000, I never went, "Oh, that's the kid from Gladiator." So it's funny to watch Gladiator now and go, oh shit, it's the kid from Unbreakable. Yeah, exactly. I literally did within like three seconds to see him. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> so I was really pumped about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, it's funny like, when you think about it. 2000 was a really good year, just in general for movies. It was a yeah. really good year. Such a good year. Like, I'm sure there's a bunch I'm forgetting about. I think, like, even for people that aren't into action movies, I think, like, I want to say American Beauty and Almost Famous, like, came out that year, too. I think you might be right, actually. Although, American Beauty, I really liked. Almost Famous was, eh. I, okay, no, American Beauty was 99, so same year as Matrix. Okay. Okay. Almost Famous, which is right beside it on my shelf, 2000. Okay. All right. I love Almost Famous. That's one of my favorite Cameron Crowe movies. Uh, what other movies has he done? I'm trying um, to remember. He's done Jerry Maguire. That's his big one. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Jerry Maguire oh. is good. I like yeah. that one. Singles. Almost Famous is okay. Yeah. Uh, we Want to Build a Zoo, I think it was called. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't touch that one. He is so good. Oh, Vanilla Sky. He did Vanilla Sky. <gasps> yes, that's right. Yeah. That, that's right, because he did that one-two punch with Tom Cruise. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I love his movies because the dialogue. As, a, as someone who writes, like, oh, that dialogue is so perfect all yeah. the time. So good. <clears throat> so good. Um, so this is kind of like, well, this is the movie that made Russell Crowe the star he became. Mm-hmm. Because before this, he had what one movie? I didn't even look, to be honest. It wasn't Lockstock, it, it, but it was a movie like a, in that same like genre. Yeah, probably. It sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even look it up because I was just like, I was too busy watching it twice <laughs> <laughs> to do any other homework for anything else. I was like, you know what? I wish it. I could read what this guy's been in, but I have to watch the movie twice. And and I've been playing Hitman too. I've almost beaten ah, him. So so this was written uh, by David Franzoni. Oh, someone's a little mad that I took two weeks of uh, showing him up. Franzoni. <laughs> oh. I always got the writers down. I know. I um, know. Who who was hired to do this after uh, Amistad with Steven Spielberg? Oh, okay. But apparently, uh, really Scott really didn't like a lot of his script. And it just like rehired two writers to rewrite it. <laughs> that's uh, that's totally that's really gotta strong. feel great. <laughs> so he got uh, he got John yeah. Logan. He got John Logan that, and you should maybe know that name. You know John Logan? No. He wrote he wrote Skyfall Inspector. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then some oh, guy named he, William. He was one of the writers. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because they have like they got a couple of guys that they've been using for. The they last had a couple, couple on movies. Skyfall, but I think I think he was the only one on Spectre. Oh, that might be that might be where the issues are. Yeah, maybe they didn't have a team of writers to push back against Sony to say, "Hey, fuck off, man! Yeah. Look at what we did with Skyfall. Okay, just let us do our thing. Spectre will be amazing instead of good, but could have been so much better." Yeah. Oh. So, so that's that's the the writers. That's three writers. I got a handful of the actors. If that helps you, that does help me. That does. Yes. Help me. Okay. Well, we mentioned Russell Crowe as yes. Maximus Decimus Meridius. Russell. Crow. Oh, that's that's bitching. That's bitching. Um, Commodus, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. 
Proximo or Proximo, Oliver Reed, Lucilia, Connie Nielsen. Yep. Although, uh, whenever I see Connie Nielsen's name, I always start to think about this interview that Charlize Theron gives about Wonder Woman, where she was auditioning to be Wonder Woman, and then she found out that it was from Wonder Woman's mom, and she was like, fuck that. <laughs> and, then I, and then Connie Nielsen you know, showed up and was like, yeah, I'll do it. That's fine. And I was just thinking, like, I always think to myself, like, that just seems so, like, I mean, I get it. Like you think you're, but how do you go into an audition thinking you're auditioning for Wonder Woman when it's for Wonder Woman's mom? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did your agent just not tell you that? Cause I would be mad if my agent didn't tell me that. And I found out that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be Wolverine. I was going to be uh, like just some, Joe Schmo that Wolverine guts in the first 20 minutes. I'd be like, well, why the fuck? I didn't want to do that. I want to be Wolverine. I'm I almost tight. I'd still be down with that. Okay, he can gut me. <laughs> it depends on the gutting, I guess. I yes. guess would be. Yes. That's because that is true. Like at least you'd live in infamy as being gutted by Wolverine. If they could just like superimpose my body hair onto you, we got the perfect Wolverine. Uh, you know what? I I, uh, I don't want that though. That's a visual I don't need. And it's not even like any offense to you. It's just in general because the more I think about it, I always think it's funny that we look at Wolverine as being like this super cool badass. Because yeah. in real life, we'd probably just be like, "That guy's a fucking weirdo." Yeah. And he smells like a dog all the time. Yeah. Like I love when they mention that in the comic books. They go like, "Oh, he kind of smells like a wet dog," and you're just like, "Yeah, I guess he would if he's covered in that much body hair." You know, yeah. Like yeah, if yeah. if comic books weren't so uh, fantasy driven, like escapism type of thing, I don't think Wolverine would be pulling down the trend that he does in the books. <laughs> it doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, he's always got women hanging off of him. But I mean, like, I don't really see him as the kind of guy that would like be really into personal hygiene. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like it strikes he strikes me as the kind of guy that's yeah. like couple of days he'll kind of go oh yeah i guess i'll shower yeah. i mean how else does his hair stand up like yeah. that oh shit i went to bed without brushing my teeth like i don't think he would really <laughs> yeah yeah like you know or like someone would have to say like hey uh do we got a hose in the back because logan stinks and then he'll be like oh yeah i guess i better bathe whatever <laughs> i don't know unless his fast um, healing fixes body odor yeah, and halitosis. <laughs> that's a get it out of jail free card. That it one is. There. If that's it really the case, is. it's like, it's like, fuck off, guys. Stay with bad breath. You can't get a cavity. <laughs> yeah. Although it's funny that we're we're talking about Wolverine because Russell Crowe was originally one of the guys that was going to be Wolverine. Uh, I'm glad that it didn't happen that way. Although I I would have been okay with it. Because, I would have been okay. I, yeah, like. Um, well, I mean, first of all, like Russell Crowe is not a big dude for one. And the other thing that I like about Russell Crowe, and I'm, this is what I was going to mention was in this movie, I like that he doesn't look like he spends all his time in the gym, you know? Yeah. He looks like a soldier, like a general, like he's got a build to him and he looks like he can fuck you up. Like if you'd never seen him before, you'd be like, okay, he could probably throw some fists, uh, but he doesn't look like he's not shredded. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I literally was like, oh, wow. Like, that's actually really refreshing, you know? Um, so, yeah, like, having him be Wolverine, I wouldn't have been like, oh. I think I would have been happier I, 
if that if he was Wolverine over Doug Ray Scott, and I like Doug Ray Scott, but yeah, same same here. Like Russell Crowe in his prime would have been a, a good Wolverine. Yeah, because he would I, he wouldn't have been too old, but he also looked like an older guy. Like even because he's what it is late early thirties in this movie. Yeah, he'd probably be maybe a little younger than us today. Yeah, like if but he just kind of looks like he just always looked like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, exactly. like he did, he, he just kind of like hit puberty, and then that was Russell Crowe. That was that was it for the next like forever. Because even in uh, <laughs> the Mummy, he doesn't look that much older. No, he's aged really well. He's a little grayer. He's got a little more body weight to him now, but that's about it. Yeah, but that's about it. And I think that is only the case because he was also in the same movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and Tom Cruise is a freaking nature. Probably, guy's immortal. Yeah, like fuck. Although I'm saying it now, we have to see it. We have to see a movie with Tom Cruise and uh, Keanu Reeves. That's it. it. It might happen eventually. Maybe Keanu will sign on to that uh, space movie that he's doing. Oh, you mean uh, Mission Impossible Eight? Oh, okay. No, no, not Mission Impossible Eight. It's not a Mission Impossible movie. I know, I know, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, Although, swear to God, that was my first thought. As soon as they're saying, like, oh, they're he's teaming up with NASA to film, I'm like, that's Mission Impossible 8 right there. They just don't want to tell anybody. In space. Um, oh, okay. So, getting down to the list, Marcus Aurelius is Richard Harris. Oh, yes. The great Richard Harris. Uh, Cicero is Tommy Flanagan, mm-hmm. which was also in Braveheart. Blew me away. Ah, he got yeah. he had the scars and he was in uh, he played right. the crazy dude. That's right. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Really? And he actually looks younger in this movie than he did in Braveheart. Braveheart's like 94, 95? Uh yeah. Yeah, 90, 95. Five yeah, years before so, this one. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Uh uh Juba, uh Jimon Honsu. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, the J's probably silent. It's probably Diamond. Diamond. Demon. Demon. Anyway, and then of course Lucius. Demon. Yeah. Okay. Actually, Demon sounds way more badass. Demon. Yeah. Uh, And then of course Lucius as Spencer Treat Clark. Yeah. Or vice versa. (laughs) Spencer Clark Treat. No, he's Lucius as Spencer Treat Clark. Is that what I said? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, great cast. Absolutely great cast. Great cast. Um, and even like a whole bunch of the other guys that I haven't mentioned, but like all the supplementary parts, the Senate guys, uh, there was the only ones, the the one kind of good Senate guy, the one that looked like he had a ton of uh uh plastic surgery done. <laughs> yeah. That that was the Burt Reynolds of the of the Brome. Yeah, or the or the Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yes, or the Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers in the group. I'm I'm every time I watch this movie, I always like look at him and go, Really? You couldn't get any other guy that looked like like you had to get the guy that looked like he had work done. But anyway, um, but the Senate stuff, the like all oh, this movie is crazy good. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, just so it good. is, yeah. I mean it's it's so 
I put it on when I was tired and I was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to watch it. And, and I, and I did because it's so good. Like, and it's so big. It spans what, like six, seven years or something like that. It's nuts, but it doesn't feel like it spans that much time, but it's, but it's because the uh, amount of time uh, that he was as a slave. Right. That's where the time passes a a lot. But even then it doesn't feel like it's that much because uh, like nobody ages, you know what I mean? Like, right. They didn't have uh, Lucius as the baby. And then later as it was just, it was just him. Yeah. all the way through so i think that was one of those where they could have handled that a little bit better because i forgot that there was a passage of time and until the second watching and then i was like oh right that's right this is actually a significant amount of time in between yeah because when he meets up with uh commodus again during that great fucking speech in the middle of the arena <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh so, so good, good. It gives me chills every time when he just takes the helmet off and turns around. It's just like, oh, I am like, just, <laughs> just imagine I'm the instant like shitting of your pants. Yeah. That Commodus is yeah. doing. Where it's just they, like, told, they told me you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Although that also leads up to another great scene where like he's talking with his sister and he's just like, uh, I'm very vexed at this. This vexes me. <laughs> they they told me he was dead. If they lied to me, then they don't respect me. And if they don't respect me, then how am I ever supposed to lead them? I was like, this is so great. Like he's yeah. just he did such a good job of playing a guy who just doesn't get it. Like he doesn't understand why he can't command the respect that his father commanded. At the same time, he cannot command the respect respect that Maximus commands. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like he's just totally oblivious to this. While at the same time, trying to be like, I'm such a big deal. And I love like when they introduce him. They introduce him. It's like right at the end of the battle, and it's like, uh, you know, like he goes, "How was the battle, father?" And he's like, "The war is over." <laughs> oh no, you missed the war entirely. And he's just like, "Ah, well, um, a dozen rams in your honor, or horses in your honor, or something like that." Yeah. He's just like that. Ah given to Maximus and you could just feel him just being like, fuck, what? <laughs> ah, I, I don't understand. Like, like he just hid the entire time and then thought he was going to get like pat on the back or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you know what? It's the music is so good in this too. Like the music and the cinematography, those alone, There's, like, yeah, I, <laughs> That sweeping shot of the Coliseum from outside and it goes all the way around. It's just like, you feel like you're there. Or even just the scenes of uh, like, I guess when he's going to Valhalla or whatever they call it for Romans, you know, where he's just staring off in the distance and then like his his wife and kids show up. This is later in the movie, but when they show it at the beginning, it's just this beautiful field with that muted, almost like blue purple yeah. tinge to it yeah and i remember the first time I, like every time i see this i just go oh yeah like i forget how beautiful this movie is until i watch it for the first couple minutes and then i'm like oh yeah yeah oh yeah and it's like um i couldn't help but think about this the entire time i was watching this movie was a movie like this 
could not be made today and be just as good. No. You know, and and I'm tr- like, I don't want to be like shitting on the, the movie industry because there's still a lot of phenomenal movies out there that get made. Um, and they're not all superhero movies, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like Iron or uh, Invisible Man, or uh, yeah, Invisible Man was such a good movie. That was a really good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like it almost seems like the only way that they would do this movie would be like, like I said, if it hit that mythical checklist that they have now. But the amount of practical effects would not be in this movie. No. It would be all CGI, and I remember like watching the tiger fight. And the way they shot that tiger fight is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they shoot it in such a way where you're like, okay, like I know that he's essentially playing around with this yeah. <laughs> trained trained tiger, <laughs> and they're doing it in and they're doing the quick cuts and stuff. But it's it's a great way of shooting a scene where they would have just CGI'd the fuck out of it, and then probably have changed the dynamic of the scene anyway. Absolutely. It would just, it would be full of CG today. Like yeah, I mean, granted, there you... is, there's, there's obviously some effects in here. They didn't go and rebuild, you know, the Coliseum and all that. Oh, yeah. No, but that's, but... I guess that's kind of the, the stuff that I, I appreciate more is that they, they use the CGI for the scenery, for the Coliseum shots, or for things that they obviously couldn't recreate or, didn't want to blow the budget on right yeah yeah and then kept the practical effects for everything else right right whereas now like i mean 90 percent cgi and the rest is like people that's it so it's in some cases i'm okay with it in some in other cases i'm not like i sometimes i will look at a movie and go yeah but did it really need to have, like, did that need to be CGI? Did Yoda need to be CGI in the uh, the prequel trilogy? The answer is no, he didn't. But they did it anyway, except for the fight scene. Yeah. Fight scene with him being CGI makes perfect sense. But everything else? Obviously. Yeah. But whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you look at a movie like um, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, and you look at the making yep. of, and it's, it's equally impressive what they can do. But it's also incredibly sad that you just have all these people standing around in green tight suits and and there's nothing like like the, the craftsmanship is gone. I uh, I would say Endgame for me is an example of one where I'm okay with that level of CGI because of the story. Like within the context, it makes perfect sense that they would have that much. Right? Yeah. Um but say, actually, well, we'll look at uh, Spider-Man Far From Home or even Spider-Man Homecoming when they add that extra layer of CGI over the costume. Like, and I, I'm going to say especially Far From Home because when I saw that costume, when he debuted on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, yep, came out, that red popped, but the webbing still popped like came out really nicely the spider looked really cool the black looked really cool but you could see that there was still that spider-like design on his shoulder that incorporated into it 
and then specific texture on the arm. Like, you know, you saw that and I was like, wow, that looks fucking awesome. But then you see the movie and there's that muting effect because they're CGIing over the costume when they didn't have to. And I was like, see, like that would be an example of like, there was no need to do that. I get that you want to have Spider-Man CGI when he's flipping around and stuff. And that's fine. Like that's totally acceptable. But I would also counter by saying, can somebody watch Spider-Man 2? Because that's a blend of CGI and practical. And it's almost like back to back. You'll have a CGI shot, practical shot, CGI shot, practical shot. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where it's like, you could look back at that and say, yeah, okay, we could borrow some of that. Yeah. But again, like Endgame, totally get that it's 95% CGI, totally understandable, far from home. There's aspects that I understand completely, but let's not get too crazy, I guess, is my point. Yeah. I mean, I understand CG. CG is great for some movies. Lord of the Rings would have never happened without some CG. Yes. You know? Or so, I, don't, I don't think it would have been as good. Yeah. I mean, the armies would have been tiny, right? You lose that on that epic feel by having to shoot everything close up. You don't have those wide, expansive shots. Right. Plus, plus the creation of Andy Serkis as Golem. And, and, and then later King Kong and Caesar. Like, CG is the reason we have those performances. But yeah, there's just something really, I don't know, like so, so magical about practical effects. Well, that's like we were talking about in a previous Campcast, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is out on our geek pants uh media everywhere you'll see everywhere. It no matter where you go um and we're talking about how the suits looked incredible versus the entire cgi lineup of the the first movie yeah. second movie you know a little bit less but the first one in particular was just like holy fuck like this is just crazy when they had a perfectly good template with suits yeah you know yeah yeah. Hell, I mean, if you're going to do a CGI movie, try to make them look like the suits. That's <laughs> Then I'll shut my mouth. I will literally be like, you know what, guys? That's great. That's a great use of CGI right there. I like that. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, for a movie like this, I really, really appreciate the practical effects. It makes it feel more real. It. it makes me feel like I'm there. I, I, you know, you really, really get into it. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, um, yeah. So we were talking the other week, and you were saying that you didn't really care for Larry when it came out because you compared it too much to Braveheart. Yes. Yes. How do you feel 100%. now? How do you feel now? Um, I well, like I said before, like it was in the early stages, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't watch Braveheart like right away, like right when it came out. So I think I was about a year or two late when I finally watched it. So, um, also I have to feel, I I can't help but feel like part of it was just me kind of saying, everybody loves this movie. So I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm going to be a contrarian and I'm going to say, you know what, it's not as good or or Braveheart's better or whatever. I I feel like that might've been how I was coming across or how I was looking at this movie. Cause I did the same thing with the matrix. Yeah. The matrix where I was like, yeah, yeah, but Dark City. And the only thing I would say was that the fight scenes were better in The Matrix, obviously. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
but like because the plots were very similar and Dark City came out first, you know, it's not really, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whereas now it's like, there's no way that Matrix isn't a better movie than Dark City across the board. Like, there's no way. So to that end, uh, I but the difference will be that while Braveheart and Gladiator are both period pieces, mm-hmm. and they're both like epic period pieces, they're two different types of movies, though. They really are two different types. Yep. Um, yep. So it's unfair to compare them or even to say one is better than the other type of thing. Like, do I like one better than the other? The answer is no. I actually like them both the same. And I've watched them both enough now that I can honestly say it would just come down to what I'm in the mood for. Do I feel like watching, you know, Mel Gibson in a kilt rip the fuck out of people in like horribly gruesome ways? or do I feel like watching Russell Crowe in an armored skirt do the exact same thing? <laughs> you know, like it just comes down to what, what you're in the mood for. Yeah. Um, so long story short, they're both amazing movies. They're both great fucking movies that I will continue to rewatch for the rest of my life. So, yeah, I mean, same here, same here. I, and it's just like, I think a lot of that too is because they're both paramount and paramount, or they're not Paramount, they're DreamWorks, right? <laughs> universal? Well, Gladiator's Universal. I, I, I don't know, but they always get paired for some reason. Like, yep. there's always, like, two packs on the shelf with Gladiator and Braveheart. Just this freaking month, they both came out on 4K together and Steelbooks together. Like, yeah. they're always paired together. So yeah, I, I can totally exactly. understand why you would look and compare the two of them because the studio wants you to for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You they know. definitely do. But um, it's one of those like in retrospect deals. Yes. Right? And it's funny because re- retrospect always works in one of two ways, right? So, of course, when I first watched Mission Impossible 2, I thought it was awesome. Second time I watched Mission Impossible 2, thought it was awesome. I grew up. I watched other movies. I realized when I watched Mission Impossible 2 after that, that it was a garbage movie. that didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't really have good acting in it either. Um, special effects were great and the fight scenes were outlandishly cool, but still garbage yeah. movie. But, <laughs> but, but, I have recently rewatched Mission Impossible 3 and it's really hard to place which one on the bottom like because it's funny all the stuff that i was saying that's bad about mission impossible 2 you can actually find a mission impossible 3 <laughs> yeah yeah you know maybe the stunts aren't as outlandish uh because they were yeah. trying to represent a different type of uh even yeah. hunt at that point but there's a lot of like um, I know I'll chalk it up to J.J. Abrams being a TV guy, and this is his first big movie, so it's like it's like watching Avengers without uh, all that hype and that excitement of being like, this is the first time we get to see this kind of movie. And when you rewatch it, and you're like, yeah, the first chunk of that movie is definitely like made for TV, like, and and then you're like, oh yeah, because Joss Whedon literally he did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, then yeah. did TV. 
which was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then did Avengers, and then that was it. And that was it. He jumped into Avengers. I mean, he did Serenity, but Serenity was just a. Uh, it felt like a TV movie. It, it was the Firefly cast, and it felt like That's a right. continuation of Firefly. Yeah, Serenity was an awesome movie, but yeah. and I feel like it did feel like a movie, but it felt like a like a made-for-TV movie. Like it felt like you watched, you know, the entire first season, and then they released like a, a mini movie to get you to season two. Exactly. More TV shows should do that, actually. That's a pretty cool idea. But yeah. anyway, uh, it, none of it felt like, like if I didn't see that in the theater, even with the budget and everything, like if I saw that on TV, I wouldn't have known it was in the theater mm-hmm. if I didn't know, you know? Right. Yeah. Although we saw that in the theater together and it was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. So good. So good. Oh, so good. I loved it. I loved it so much. I can't believe it. Uh, but yeah, so. <laughs> I'm a leaf on the... No! (laughs) That was one angry crowd. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, The only thing I will mention, too, is I think another reason why there's comparisons is that uh, because both Braveheart and Gladiator dealt with characters that existed in history just the stories around them were completely fabricated. So like Braveheart, you know, obviously uh, William Wallace, he existed uh, and uh, Edward Longshanks existed. And then uh, was it Rob Roy or whatever? One of the, or Robert the Bruce. That's right. He also existed, you know, but they all existed within different time periods, you know, and while uh, William Wallace did lead a rebellion, it wasn't quite on this scale in the movie. And in this yeah. movie, um, Commodus and Marcus Aurelius existed, and they were father and son, which is reversed, actually. Marcus Aurelius is the father, Commodus is the son. But yep. that's it. Everything else was just fabricated for the movie. So I think that's another reason why they uh, get like that. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I knew it. As soon as you looked at the door, I was like, I knew it. Hey, Penny. Chris. Hey, Penny. Look at Hey, Penny. It's Chris. See you? It's not the same. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sniffing at the door. Yep. She heard your voice. Yes, she definitely heard my voice. Look at my microphone. Um, of course. Yeah, but going back to the music, um, the Hans Zimmer score in this, this 2000 is the year that I really, really became aware and fell in love with the, the work of Hans Zimmer because he did this and Mission Impossible 2. And whether you hate Mission Impossible 2 or not, the score. Oh, I, I do. Insane. I do hate Mission Impossible 2. the score. I mean, I don't know that new metal version of the theme song. Okay, well, that wasn't answer. Also, uh, the Metallica song, I Disappear. Yes. Yes, that's the soundtrack. The score. <laughs> you could say it. You could say it. Stop being a dick, Chris. You're being a prick on purpose. Yeah. Um, no, the score is amazing. I mean, uh, it wasn't until 
Batman, or no, sorry, the Dark Knight that I really got into. Like, I actually was like, wait, hold on. This Hans Zimmer guy is fucking amazing. So then, of course, I start like, you know, playing soundtracks when I'm driving and stuff like that. And and I look at Hans Zimmer and I'm like, he has done so many. Yeah. And you're right. Like, the score is incredible. The score is absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's like... The whole the whole ending when he finally sees his family again and that music oh. just starts playing was it uh Lisa Gerard she's doing the the singing with Hans Zimmer there man it, that, that scene just moves me so much like <laughs> yeah I straight up cried I won't I won't deny it like that friggin' movie makes me cry I, it's that's one of the few that doesn't for me which is odd really because like yeah when maximus is like dying on the ground and he and he looks up at connie Nielsen, and he says lucius is safe and then she just goes go be with them or be with them now or something like that yeah i'm just like oh yeah i don't know why i don't know why that one uh doesn't get me but then again uh braveheart doesn't get me either Braveheart got me too. I'm a freaking marshmallow. Yeah. I, 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 I'm like, I am, which is weird. Like, literally, I've seen commercials where I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Whereas these, those two movies, I'm just, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, uh, I'm not on the, the, the same, uh, shelving as like Kevin Smith as far as crying goes. That dude cries at everything. Oh. Like yeah, in fact, like if I ever get to of, that um, point, yeah, like I mean, I, I know, I know, he's, I know, he's stoned like ninety percent of the time, so maybe that doesn't make you emotional, though. That does I, not make you emotional. I well, it, not you, but it might make someone. That uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Okay. But I feel like he was like this before. Like he I mean, could have been. He could have been because I mean, you talk was, about Arkham Asylum, the the book, and he's just like, like dude, I almost cried. Like I was like almost <laughs> weeping reading this. And he's like saying this to Grant Morrison and, you yeah. know, and Grant Morrison's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, that's really great and stuff. And in my head, I'm thinking like, huh, I I, I don't know. But I mean, then again, I, I, I get weepy when I read The Death of Spider-Man. So it's, I can't really shit on him too much. Yeah. I can just say that if I ever get as bad as him, that's when I have to go into a cabin in the woods <laughs> and just, be by myself because that's that's it yeah goodbye world <laughs> yeah. yeah this is it for me i'm yeah. i'm out apparently i can't do really anything good wi-fi crying. <laughs> i got a really good wi-fi i'm i'm good i'm yeah. i'm all set for an introduction to russell crowe as an actor is it's actually kind of interesting because like he doesn't really do a lot of like grandiose emotions in this movie and yet like you believe him every step of the way yeah you believe him as an honorable honorable general right um and and of course partly that's because of the other actors around him but like his introduction is like him on the horse in his battle suit and then he's walking through his troops and they're all just like general general they're all like nodding like not one is like fuck this guy right yeah. they're all like they, so they're, they're yeah they love weeks him. of respect yeah. and then of course the you introduce commodus and immediately there's a difference and you feel the shift right yeah and 
I guess it's one of those things where like sometimes it's uh, it's almost better to be understated, right? But yeah. like you feel the love for his kid and his wife. You feel all that. You feel the reverence he has for Marcus Aurelius. You feel the disgust he has for Commodus. And it's it's all just kind of understated, but it's all there. You also feel uh, the love he has for Lucilia and also a bit of the bitterness too. Like when he's like, wait, you loved me too type of thing. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Um, and then even something as simple as when he's like messing around with the, with Lucius and it's just this like, you know, uh, Lucius shows up and he, as far as he knows, he's just a kid and this is, uh, you know, a, a slave. Yeah. And he's just fucking busting his balls type of thing. And I was just like, Oh, that's actually really cool. Like, so it's just, so that alone, if like, if I would have been a little bit more, a lot more open-minded then I would have been able to look at Russell Crowe and go, fuck, yeah, because, like, it's crazy. And, like, he is one of my favorite actors. He doesn't do a lot, which is interesting. But when he does, I'm like, okay, let's check this out. Like, I wasn't really too, con- like, into seeing The Mummy and that whole, like, Universal Monsters uh, extended universe type of thing. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I love Tom Cruise, I'm a big fan of him, but when I heard like Russell Crowe was going to be one of the linchpin, he was going to be like the Tony Stark character, I was like, okay, all right, let's uh, let's see more of this. He's going to, yeah. he's Dr. Jekyll? Yeah, okay, let's do this. And if you could mocap him as uh, Mr. Hyde, it's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be absolutely awesome. It's a shame we didn't get that. Yeah, I know. It, it's such a shame. Such a shame. Because I enjoy it. I huge shame. I enjoyed the new mummy. Everyone hated on it, and I I don't get it. I mean, yeah, it's not horror, but it like adventure. It's fun, and it paid respect to like the Brendan Fraser movies. It took place in the same universe. Like, it's not a remake or a reboot. It's a continuation. It's oh. a it's, it's a new mummy. It takes place in the modern day, not the thirties and forties like the originals. Mm-hmm. And the I didn't realize Dead, it was. And the Book of the Dead for Brendan Fraser's movie makes an appearance in Jekyll's room. I did not realize that it was all part of the same universe. That's even yeah. cooler. So like, I still got to check that movie out. It's still like, it, it's, it's a bummer and it, it didn't continue. I had a lot of fun yeah. watching it. Um, so yeah. So Russell Crowe, amazing. Yeah. Equally amazing is Walking Phoenix in this movie. This is the movie where I went, whoa. Like I knew of Walking before, but this movie, I was just like, because yeah, then, he, been, then he then he followed this up with like signs in the village and everything. I was like, "Damn, this guy's good." Yeah, like up until this point, it was one of those where uh, I, you know, like you hear about, "Oh, Walking Phoenix is so good." Like he's, you know, and and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." And then I watched this movie, and he was so good at being like just this shitty fucking person. Like you're just yeah. like, ugh. Like you've met people like that. We were just like. I don't even want to be near you. So when you see him on screen, like it was so good that it was like, you kind of have to divorce yourself from Commodus when you see him in other movies. Yes. Like, uh, yes. like when I saw signs, like right away, like, and signs, he's like the cool older brother, you know what I mean? Or yeah, he yeah. was the older brother. Cause younger he was the brother. oldest son. Young, younger brother to uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. So yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, he's a cool dude in that one. And I remember just being like, okay, you gotta you just gotta separate yourself from this because Commodus is just this shit heel person where you're just yeah. like, oh, 
like like one of my favorite scenes is when uh, every time I watch this movie, this is like my one of my favorite scenes is is right before Marcus Aurelius uh, gets killed. You know, he's basically saying like, uh, <laughs> Commodus says, uh, you know, you once said the four things of being a good emperor. I wish I wrote this down and he lists them off and he goes, and not one of those things described to me. Yeah. And he's like crying because he, he couldn't live up to what he, his dad uh, thought would be a great emperor or a great person in general. Mm-hmm. He's realizing that none of it's him. Like he doesn't fit this bill, but he's so like, he's still close to being completely self-aware to the point where you're like, like you think you might get it because he's like none of these things are on this list. But he goes, but I have other strengths as well, Dad. Like I, I'm ambitious, um, and while I may not be brave on the battlefield, like there's two types of bravery, and, and uh, I'm I'm really cool too. And I I guess you just didn't love me. And he tries to play that card, and you're just like, oh, you are you're the worst. You're so <laughs> terrible because you think like you're there. You're so close to just being like maybe if I was a better person, you wouldn't have given your emperorship to you know maximus yeah instead you would have given it to me but it's not even a conversation he's just like no i'm not gonna do that you know maximus will take over and you'll keep doing whatever it is that you're doing (laughs) (laughs) which was Um, a horrible mistake because then he died right but like but everything like it's not even just that it's even like when he he is the emperor now and you know and he's like still like i said like he's trying to command the respect of the people but they just don't they're just like you're such a piece of shit like fuck you like yeah sure you'll you'll make sure that we get rich or whatever but mm-hmm. first chance we get you're you're getting you're getting fucked first chance <clears throat> and you know and like prime example is uh they were supposed to kill maximus they didn't so they lied to him <laughs> Yeah, they just said, "Oh uh, yeah, no, we we uh, we killed him. Whew. Yeah, he is uh, super dead, super <laughs> dead. Nobody's deader than Maximus. So don't dead. even bother looking for him. Yes. You know, yes. The the um, other guys are just in their tent having a nap right now. They're not dead. Yeah, I'm not even sure what happened to them, but they they're probably burying the body or something. Whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah. So it's just one of those like, okay, and they." Uh, and even just like the whole stuff where, you know, he's a slave, right? Like, so he's, you know, the Spaniard. Yeah. <laughs> Which I always thought was, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, how the fuck do they call him the Spaniard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was but a whatever, pretty cool, fine. cool nickname until he got revealed. Yeah, you know, I the mean, Spaniard. Like, and Yeah. You hear in the crowd chant Maximus, is just, oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. And I love that, like the guy that that purchased him, mm-hmm. was like this this old gladiator that was also, you know, set free by, um, oh, what's his name, Richard Harris. What's his character's name again? Um, uh, that was Marcus? Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius, who set yes. him free as a gladiator. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it's like cool, like a little full circle thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like I, I mean, even just the whole part where, like I was saying, like so it's an understated portrayal from Russell Crowe, but it's awesome because he didn't do any. Like I get the impression that when he was in the, you know, in the barracks with the slaves, and 
slowly getting them like he doesn't do anything other than just be who he is and yeah. they respect that to the point where they will follow him into battle which is yeah. insane like you know gladiators like slaves didn't do this they weren't just like no. yeah we'll totally uh, kill those guys and then we'll keep doing that they were all just like, no, we're just going to go out there and they're going to kill us because we're slaves. That's, that's just it, right? So to see him go from you know being a slave and you know nobody to being like, no, 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 no. We're going to follow this guy. We're going to, like even the big, huge German juice monkey was yeah. like, yeah, I'll follow you. Like, I don't care. Like every single one of them respected him. And it's just, it's, it's so cool to just be like, look, just, you know, like it's, you know, you, you have integrity, you know, do what you say you're going to do. The things that like, even for myself, like I say this stuff and I'm like, yeah, but you got to follow through too, because it's like, look at that, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, even in front of, like, even when he gets outed and it's, you know, it's Maximus, it's not just like, well, no, he's, he's a dirty slave. They flip and they're just like, nope. He's our Hulk Hogan. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? there, was no, there was no hesitation. It was just yeah. like, no, we're cheering for you now. Yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're done cheering for you, Commodus, or whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah. This guy, this is the guy that we're cheering for. Could you imagine <laughs> that? Being the emperor of Rome and watching your trained soldiers get gutted by slaves and the crowds cheering it? Cheering the slaves, yeah. They're cheering the slaves and they're saying things like, like kill him, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, so it's, it's just, it's incredible that you say like, this is like a 50 page script and this is what we got from a 50 page script, yeah. <laughs> which these days, like if a, if a script was 50 pages, they probably would be like, that's it. No, no, no. Come back with more. Yeah, it would be. We need so much more. We need absolutely so much more. 50 pages. That's what twenty minutes. I can't film twenty minutes. I like. I, I think it was just like uh, uh, years go by in here, da 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 da, and then the dialogue, and then just like a sentence of where to go next, kind of thing. Like I think that's how the screenplay was written. But even still, like I, I, I can't help but feel like today they'd just be like, yeah, no, no I, I get you're saying like years passed, but I need twenty pages telling me how the years passed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I mean, everywhere. Everyone's great in this movie. I mean, even just uh, well, I mean, like obviously Connie Nielsen is great. She's but, fantastic. Like, I can't, I, I can't I, get yeah, over. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I, I've just, I've always liked her. She's one of those underrated actresses that, like, you forget about, and then when you see her, you're like, oh, she is so good. You That's know? right. That's right. You know, and. Uh, like I actually like right at the beginning when uh, Marcus Aurelius. That's the only way I can say his name, by the way. I can't just say Marcus. It's Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius. When he's just like, if only you were born a man, ah, oh, you would be such a great emperor. <laughs> <laughs> and this is after like you had that conversation with Commodus, where Commodus is just like, yeah, sure, twelve, uh, twelve bulls with your name on it, and he's just like, give it to. You know, Maximus there because he won the war. <laughs> he's just like he loves his son, but he hates his son. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. loves him because he's his father, but he hates him as a person. He's just like, Ugh. yeah. But you, you would have been an emperor. Yeah. Why? Why did you have to be born a woman? Like I was like, man, that's so great. That's so great. Yeah. 
Um, uh, but yeah, but getting back to Comdus, though, like it doesn't even end, though. Even when he gets to that point, he realizes, like, he's cunning. He's very smartly. He realizes that I can't just kill Maxim. Like, I can't have Maximus killed. He's going to be a martyr. So I have to be the guy that kills him. Because if I can't kill him, then they're never going to respect me. Right. And I love that he has that, like, secret face-to-face type of thing and stabs him. Like, literally, it's just like, eh. Yeah. <clears throat> Put the yep. armor on. Wheel yep. him out there and still loses. Like, <laughs> like it's just, like, I, I know, like, we're, we're t- especially right now, we're living in a world where it seems like the bad guys can just get away with everything, you know? So yeah. when you watch a movie like this and it's clear cut, good guys beat bad guys all the time, even if it takes forever. Yeah. We don't know how many years actually pass, but even if it takes, let's say five years, 10 years, whatever, eventually bad guy loses. And he loses in such a great way because he's got the odds stacked in his favor. He's, he gave him a fucking wound. Yep. Put the suit, like put his armor on. So he's bleeding out. And then on top of that, he still loses because he's just not good enough. And it's like, yeah. not physically, just yeah. as a person. Not good. His enough. conviction is so much. And I mean, I even love those little bits where, where Commodus is just like, uh, like, when will it end? When will it end? And, and uh, Maximus is just like, with one more death. One more death, and then it's over. Yeah. And Commodus is like, Oh, fuck, he's talking about me. <laughs> uh, shit. Although, uh, I got to say, though, when he's decked out in his, like, all-white costume, I was like, man, I don't fucking care. He looks like a million bucks right there. Yeah. Like, he looked like he was ready to go. Yeah. Although, um, I was cracking up about this because Michelle mentioned this. She's like, I don't understand how you can wear that much clothing in the middle of Italian winter or summer or like just in general. And I was like, yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah. Granted he's wearing white, but that's still, yeah. And that's coming from me. And I mean, like, I'm typically like covered up in the summer. <laughs> you know? I I'm, I'm frigging sweating buckets right now. It's so humid in here. That's one thing it, I don't miss about that room. It's a good day for us not to be in here together, man. <laughs> yeah. It's one, one of those things I don't like, miss about that room. Is holy Christ. Gross. Like, I remember, um, like, getting out of that room, and as soon as the cool air hits, and it's just like, cool air, cool air, cool air, cool air. <laughs> and then that whole crotch region is just like, yeah, yeah, not good. Well, not I mean, it, it, it doesn't help having the lights on, right? It's No. Just no, it does not. On you. <laughs> and the angle of that, like, the sun hitting that place, like, yeah, it's got to hit that room all day. <laughs> all day. It's on this side of the building, coming through this window all day long. <laughs> yeah, like just crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, that's about it. That's all I have to say. All I, the stuff okay. that I've raved about. I don't think I have anything else to, to well, rave about. To touch on the end there a little bit, um, when, when he does the killing blow on Joaquin and he falls... And then everyone comes down, they're all around Maximus, and then they carry him off. Just that that aerial shot of everyone around him, and then walking over here all by himself, face down in the dirt. Yeah, that. that's great. That actually, uh, I'm actually glad that you uh, you touched upon that part too, because I also love that 
Maximus stays alive long enough to make sure that his men are free. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. That's so yeah. awesome. That, that, and that was his concern. They don't even blink. Yeah. They don't blink. They're just like 100%. Yeah, they're all free. They're all yeah. good to go. And I was like, oh, God, that's so good. Not only did he kill that fucking piece of shit communist, and you're right, like face down in the dirt and nobody, yeah, not even no one person looks over and goes, are we going to make sure he's dead? They're just like, fuck him. He's already in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, like, he's just like, they're free. And then, like you said, too, he's like, Lucius is safe. She's like, yeah, go home. And he does. And it's, yeah. oh, and that's it. So good. That's it. And then, and then you think it's over. And then you get that one last shot of uh, Nijman Hansu bearing his family, the little wooden statue things, just bearing them. Yep. And he said, we will meet again today. My, or we will meet again, my friend, but not today. But not today. And, he, and he's like, a free oh, man. And awesome. I'm just like, oh. Yes, that's so good. That's so, so good. good. I also like kind of find it interesting that we're doing this camcast because, again, there is talk of the Gladiator Two sequel. Like even just a couple of days ago, I, they started talk. talking about it again. And I'm just like, years late. What was it? Years later with a grown up Lucius, or um, yeah, years later with a grown up Lucius. Uh, that was one. My favorite is uh, Maximus like fucking coming back from the dead yeah that's, <laughs> that's my favorite one. one that's a great that's my one. favorite take on a sequel where it's like uh like jesus christ is back and this time it's personal yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i i think i i think like uh a movie um that's a more of a spin-off that like shows the rise of the coliseum and ends with Maximus' arrival to the Coliseum. That would be cool. On paper, I feel like that because would be cool. It could even focus on the 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 um, undefeated champion that Maximus ended up beating. That was set free, and he came back out of retirement. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Could you imagine that? Like Michelle said, that she's like, could you imagine being set free and then coming back? for this and then you yep. have to get fucking killed and get killed brutally too like it's not yeah. like he kind of got killed he got killed brutally yeah those are actually some really brutal ones although i have to say bravehearts i find bravehearts deaths are way more brutal bravehearts way more brutal because mel gibson does not cut back i mean like even like apocalypto and passion of the christ like those are pretty bloody yeah gory movies i've never seen any of those movies actually yeah i refuse to watch them i was just like you know I don't, I don't need to i don't need to see that but like even just that one shot where fucking wallace rides in on the horse with the mace and just and you yeah. see him hit the fucking face you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so but the fight scenes are incredible i I, man, like I just love the gladiator scenes. Like they're just so cool. I don't even care that you get to see the actual motors on the chariots. <laughs> yeah. I actually had forgot all about them, and then I saw one of them, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. You can see them pretty clear as day, like the gas engine type things." And I was like, "That's <laughs> that's funny. It's funny." But then it was like right back into it. I I stopped focusing on it. So. Yeah, I, I've I've watched that movie like I don't know how many times now, and I've still never noticed it because I'm so like into the movie that like, normally even, I don't. And this, I just happen to catch it, and I was like, oh, okay. 
like even um like Jurassic Park, I get so into that movie. And then uh Trevor showed me this. He goes, Did you ever see that that part in Jurassic Park where they totally fucked up with the lights? And I said, No. It, it, and it's it's that part where the T-Rex is pushing the the upside down Jeep, you know, and Alan mm-hmm. Grant and, and Lexi are right in front of it. Yeah. The the camera turns a little and you can see the spotlights like f- for the movie right behind the t-rex oh right yeah i heard about that uh but i've never i've never caught it I've and, never it, and like if you're, paying, it if you're looking for it it's clear as day you're like oh well there it is but never once have i looked in that direction of the screen watching that because i'm so focused on what's happening here you know yeah see and you know what the best part is is after this i will forget this conversation so the next time i watch jurassic park i'm not gonna look for yeah, the spot you won't remember it it's like uh oh it's like the car in braveheart the car in Braveheart. Yeah, there's a car in Braveheart. Like you, uh, in one of those big, huge, like long shots you, in the background, you actually see a car. I've oh. never seen it, but I've seen the picture of it. I, I've, I've heard uh, the same thing about Lord of the Rings. There's a car in the background in one of the fields while they're walking Almost, through the field. You know what? Google Braveheart car because I feel like it's this, unless I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings, but I was pretty sure it was Braveheart as well. Braveheart car. Unless I'm thinking Lord of the Rings. Um, movie mistakes. Braveheart the car. Yeah, there's a car in Braveheart yeah, okay. too. Okay, which, like I said, like I've never seen it in the actual movie, just in the like lists like that, right? Yeah. But again, it's one of those things where maybe this time i watch it i'll catch it but i don't know how i caught it it was just one of those like oh (laughs) (laughs) but then like i said i was right back in because the movie is just i like how it kind of sort of grabs you and then starts really pulling you in you know it's not like okay come on let's go it's like no no come with me come with me yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show you the world. We're gonna introduce you to some characters. Oh, now we got to start to run a bit. Now we start to run, and then the plot just goes, and then you're like, "It's almost three hour movie, and it doesn't feel like it." Yeah, at all. I mean, the regular, yeah, the regular cut is two hours and thirty five minutes. Mm-hmm. The extended cut's almost three hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. One day I'll watch the extended cut. I, I mean, I still don't even know what extra scenes are in there, but I just, I was like, I was debating on what to watch. I'm like, well, we're probably going to talk about the theatrical and I know I love the theatrical. So I'm just going to rewatch the theatrical. Yeah. Um, I, again, like in some cases I find like when they, they add stuff to it, I'm like, really? Like they might add like 30 seconds to one scene, five minutes to another, but it's like, yeah how much of it I'm actually missing. Like it's rare when I watch like a director's cut that they add so much that what they cut was ridiculous. Like Batman v Superman. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the few where I'm like, or even like uh, the Daredevil uh, director's cut where they had more of him being a lawyer. The director's cut of Daredevil is awesome. Yeah, so like I've I've yet to see that. I've never seen it, and I'm always like, oh, I should probably check that out because it's not like I think Daredevil was a bad movie. Yeah, by any means, it's you know, like I mean, it's a product of its time, and of course, it was in that initial 
buzz where they were like superheroes. Let's get everything out there instead yeah. of like trying to make it feel like a different movie. Like it shouldn't have felt like a uh, Spider-Man after dark. You know what I mean? Right. So like, especially when you watch the Netflix daredevil, because then you're like, see like this, this is completely different, right? Yeah. The stuff that Daredevil does in Netflix makes sense as opposed to some of the stuff he did, like in terms of the physicality, where you're like, I don't really get the, some of this, you know? But anyway, um, that's kind of the same thing I feel about uh, Ghost Rider. Although I, I always forget that Idris Elba was in Ghost Rider 2. <laughs> I always forget. And I would not be surprised if Idris Elba was like, no, no, it's okay. You can forget I was in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I needed a paycheck that month. What can I say? It's totally fine if you forget that I was in that movie. In fact, if you watch that movie, just don't. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't watch it. Just just don't do it. it I, I sat through the whole thing and I regret it. I really do. And I mean, granted, the only thing, the only positive that comes out of Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance is that it actually makes the first Ghost Rider better. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Because <laughs> I love Ghost Rider as a character. Yeah. Uh, and for the most part, I love the visual of Ghost Rider in the first movie. I, I don't know why I hate that he didn't have gloves. You know what I mean? It was yeah. flame hands. But other than that, he looked awesome. Um, but everything else about that movie, I'm, I'm not, I don't really like for the most part, everything else. I mean, I, I, Eva Mendez is great because it was in her wheelhouse to play the uh, concerned girlfriend. Yep. Um, you got, this is Peter Fonda as Mephisto. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, okay. All right. Uh, what's his face? Wes Bentley is a black art. Oh Yeah. I totally forgot Wes Bentley was in there. Which I, it's okay. Like I like Wes Bentley and I think he did a good job with what he was given. But when I look at Blackheart, like Blackheart is supposed to look like a demon all the time. I'm okay with Mephisto not looking like a demon all the time because he's supposed to be Marvel's devil analog. So he would be able to shift and change. But Blackheart has always been like just this, grotesque looking thing so it was disappointing to see that because it's yeah. like well, why not just be Mephisto then you know why not have him be the the big bad guy right mm-hmm. or have him be Xanathos or whatever yeah right yeah exactly you know um but man spirits of vengeance holy fuck like it's funny how you have Ghost Rider be on the cusp of crazy Nick Cage and then spirits of vengeance like in it like crazy Nick Cage in, in it. it yeah like two in it <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. I'm, I'm happy that 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 was like the high of crazy nick and we're kind of getting down down to the lower now we still got like nick is still freaking out in movies but he's getting a tighter well, handle on I, him now no i think what it is now is that that's part of his gimmick now yeah. is that whereas like when it was happening we were all just kind of like what is going on with Nick Cage? Like he is fucking crazy. He's talking about being a nouveau shamanistic style of actor. Like what the hell? He's bought an island. Yeah. What is this issue? And now it's like it's just part of the 
it's like Gary Busey. You know what I mean? Like you expect to get crazy Gary Busey. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's it's so prevalent, right? Yeah. So now you expect to get either like dial it in and he's like, yeah, like in kick ass where you're like, this, this Nick, this is the Nick Cage I grew up with. This guy here, this is awesome. Just weird enough, but just, you know. And then of course you see like fucking Wicker Man and you're like, or you watch Spirits of Vengeance and you watch him literally miming Ghost Rider pissing fire. That was the scene that made me just go, oh, come on. I was in the same boat. I literally was like, wait, what? Come on. Now, I watched those two directors come on the stage at New York Comic Con 2011 and reveal Spirits of Vengeance to the crowd for the first time. They showed off the first footage of the movie and I was just like, Ah, so it's Crank with Ghost Rider with really, really crazy Nick Cage. Like the pitch wasn't great. The pitch wasn't great. And then, yeah, and then just like the pissing fire. I was just like, fuck this. And (laughs) the the thing that really bothered me was that like, it's not like Ghost Rider set such a high bar (laughs) <laughs> that that there was no way a sequel could be as good if not better yeah and for some reason they were just like yeah we'll just fucking scrape the bottom of the barrel for this thing <laughs> and like that got a sequel but ben affleck's daredevil didn't get a sequel yeah or it got a quasi sequel with electra which jennifer garner uh was great <laughs> you know yeah and uh, having oh, Terrence Stamp as Stick was perfect casting, but that's it. Like, this is the only two good things in the whole fucking movie. The rest is oh, just yeah. a pile of garbage. Yeah. You know, you know, you're in a bad movie when Jennifer Garner is one of the saving graces in that movie because it's not like she's a phenomenal actress either. No, I mean she she's good. She's better That's than true. she's better than I could ever act, but I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, like she's she's an actress and she's good for a lot of the roles that she does. Yeah, that's right. You she know, know she knows her range and she's usually that's right. She stays in it. That's right. Yeah. Um, the only standout I would say was that most recent one. What was it? Uh, Peppermint. Yes. Yes. Which I still haven't seen. I still haven't watched it either. And I haven't watched Anna yet either. I got a lot of like kick-ass. I don't want to watch Anna. No? No. It's pretty good. You know what? Uh, I Believe me, I love Luc Besson. I really do. And when I saw the trailer for Anna, I was like, is this a new Luc Besson movie? <laughs> and I was, I was right. It was. Yeah. Um, it's partly because... A, it's Luc Besson, right? And B, this movie kind of came out with a bunch of these uh, female takes on action heroes, right? Right. So I watched Atomic Blonde, thought that was awesome, you know what I mean? And I'm happy that that's getting a sequel. But then it's like every single second movie now is one of those types of movies, and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably watch it because, again, like I said, it's it's Luc Besson. 
Yeah. But I almost feel like I feel like I'll watch that movie and I'll go, you know what, if this was 10 years ago, maybe even 15, I would have been like, this guy gets it, you know? Yeah, like, it's been a while since I really truly enjoyed, like, Valerian was pretty good, but for the most part, Luc Besson has just been, Lucy was a disappointment to me. Yeah, Lucy, Lucy was, uh, it was, it was the last half hour of that movie that just killed it for me. Yeah. And um, Valerian, overall, I liked it. It was just uh, Dehan. Is that Declan Dehan or whatever? Oh, his yeah. Dane, 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 Dane Dehan being yeah. the lead and the swashbuckling yeah. hero character. I was like, that's that's poor casting. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's a really good actor. Yeah, he wasn't ready for for that. No, or right, or right for it. I mean, that wasn't. That's right. He wasn't right for that role. Yeah. Um, but everything else in that movie, I thought was really good. It's just him and uh, his chemistry with uh, Cara Devlin, or yeah, I, I can never say her last name. But there was yeah. no chemistry, even though there should have been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so 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 gladiator yep final final thoughts are uh oh yeah 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 Yeah. you gotta do it all slimy like him too oh yeah like all half cocked (laughs) like it's just like it just pains him to do the thumb up oh god this kills if i don't do the thumbs up the crowd will hate me and it it vexes me when they do that i even love that he picked an effeminate sounding voice yeah to speak throughout that whole movie like yeah he went I, and i don't know how much of its direction or uh, how much of it was him just being like you know what i'm thinking uh, i'm just gonna be totally effeminate <laughs> you know <laughs> but he, but even scenes where like he's standing over Lucius sleeping and you're just like, Oh, don't do anything. Don't do anything. Yeah. Cause you're like, he'll do whatever. He would, he would. Uh, but uh, long story short, gladiator masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece. masterpiece. Happy There's, 20th anniversary uh, to gladiator. Happy 20th anniversary to gladiator. We're on a little anniversary spree here. We're going to have our 30th anniversary of Dick Tracy coming up. All right, man. You going to take us out? You All want... right, man. You do the takeoff? Do the takeoff. Come on. In that yeah, I'll do too. the takeoff. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for watching us on our COVID-19 campcast. We really appreciate all the support, especially the fact that we're doing super old movies. So, the fact that you guys are watching it and some of you are, are liking it, that's great. <laughs> um, as always, we can be seen on uh, Facebook. We can be seen on Twitter. We can be seen on Instagram. We can be seen and heard on YouTube because some people have it playing in the background. They don't always watch us. True story. We can also be found on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and finally SoundCloud because – Oh, no, not finally, but that's one of them. And finally, uh, geekpantsmedia.com. So we're everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Find (laughs) us. We're all around you and we're not. (laughs) Yeah, we're like ninjas. We're we're there. You just can't see us. Yeah. 
<laughs> but seriously, straight up, thanks so much, guys. This is great. Yeah. I'm happy that we're doing this still. Yeah, I mean, I we had to go to the old movies. There's not much new stuff to talk about at the moment. You know what? Like we were going to get to the old movies eventually anyway. But what I'm getting at is I'm I'm happy that you guys are still watching us even during our COVID nineteen camcast. I, I don't know if people like hearing it, but that's how it is. We're doing it differently yeah. because we have to. I can't wait to get back to doing them the way we normally do it, but yep. thanks for sticking around while we do this. Well, hopefully the room will be cooler by the time you return. It won't be. It won't be. <laughs> it won't be. Nope. No. Nope. I mean, like, uh, yeah, yeah. And it, and, and that's just, that's how it is, but that's the yep. suffering that we're willing to do. Indeed. For all of you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> all right, everyone take care. Yeah! <laughs>